This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is the Ave Explorers Lenten mini series. You know, when we had the idea to do this uh, special mini-series for Lent, we could have never anticipated that we would be producing these episodes in the middle of a certified pandemic. Um, I probably, like many of you, watched that Netflix documentary back in, I think, December is when I watched it, when I was traveling, and remember thinking to myself, huh, well, I hope that never happens to the world. And then here we are, <laughs> just three months later, very much in the midst of it, hearing news reports every day of, of increasing numbers of cases. I'm in a state where we're sheltering in place and, and where you're not supposed to leave your home except for essential items like groceries or doctor visits. It's not the Lent that I think any of us expected. I, I saw on Twitter the other day, somebody said, we're allowed to give up the things we gave up for Lent, right? Like, that's okay now, right? Because we've kind of been forced into these cloisters of sort and told to stay home and work has shut down. And although some people are still working from home, it's going to look vastly different when you've got kids underfoot or, or, or even just trying to organize yourself at the dining room table versus sitting in your office when you're collaborating with your coworkers. We're all facing a new reality. The phrases of the day seem to be, in the midst of this, followed quickly by, it's a whole new world, and not the Aladdin version where we're on a magic carpet flying through the air, but very much a whole new world that can be filled with a little bit of fear, a whole new world that um, is a bit uncertain, a whole new world that finds many of us Catholics longing, aching for the Eucharist and, and hurting because while our churches may be closed because we can't go inside of them due to social distancing, we also are very much aware of the reality that the church never closes, that in some sense we're on mission right now to, to bring the church to our home, to be the church where we find ourselves. But still it's Lent, and I can't help but think that every morning I'm waking up in what kind of seems like a Groundhog Day. I've been self-quarantined for tomorrow, the day that you'll hear this, 13 days, because I've been traveling and I'm trying to be un, you know, out of an abundance of caution to, to limit my interactions with people. But what we're finding more and more is that praying and fasting and giving alms are not the words on the forefront of our mind. Instead, the words on the forefront of our mind are quarantine, coronavirus, the economy. The words in the forefront of our mind are no mass. The words in the forefront of our mind are what's coming next, when is this going to be over, I don't know if I can handle this, right? It's, it's not prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that seems to be at the forefront of our minds this Lent. It's, it's a whole different reality where we're very much in the desert, probably further than we ever have been, probably isolated more than we ever have been, probably aching and hungering for the presence of Christ more than we ever have been. And is that not perhaps the most appropriate thing to be experiencing in Lent? Sure, it's forced upon us. Sure, it's not something that I think any of us, myself included, would have chosen. But perhaps there's an opportunity there. Perhaps there's a moment to see Jesus in a new way in the midst of this. To look at the cross in a new way in the midst of this. The cross which we are running towards in this season of Lent. Originally, this um, conversation with our guest today, Joyce Rupp, who is a remarkable woman that I have long admired, and I had the great opportunity to tell her that in this conversation, offers a lot of really powerful insights. You know, the day that we, we did this interview, I was having um, what I would call a, 
a social distance rough day. I was angry because people in my town didn't seem to be taking things seriously. I was frustrated at my own family just because we'd all been cooped up in the house for a really long time. And an hour on the phone with this remarkable woman immediately brought me a great sense of peace because of her insight into how we are all really in this together. And how in the midst of all of this, Jesus Christ has not abandoned us, Jesus Christ has not forgotten us, that perhaps she's just pushing us to look at him, to look at others in a new way. Joyce's name may be familiar to you. She's a very popular Catholic author, retreat leader. She travels around the world speaking. Um, but in the course of our conversation, and, and this woman has a shelf in my office of her books, popular titles such as Fragments of Your Ancient Name, Fly While You Still Have Wings, Praying Our Goodbyes, May I Have This Dance. And her latest book, um, which is specifically about Lent and which we talk about in this episode, Jesus, Friend of My Soul, what Joyce has really provided for folks for years is um, an incredible voice of both hope and comfort and wisdom. And she really provided that for me in, in the midst of some sadness and some frustration about what's going on in the world, this conversation very much was a balm to my soul, it was a, a chance to, to reconfigure my thinking about the season of Lent, which is not a lost cause. I don't have to stop thinking about praying and fasting and giving alms just because we're also shoved into a desert of quarantine and coronavirus. But instead, perhaps in the midst of that desert, the Lord is inviting me to pray and to fast and to give alms in a new way. I really think this conversation is going to, to greatly benefit you. I really think you'll be moved by, by many of the beautiful wisdom things that Joyce has to say. One just quick note here at the top. Um, as many other places in the country, Ave Maria Press is um, shutting down, essentially. Many of the employees will be working from home for the next few weeks. And so orders from the website will not ship until April the 13th. But you can, of course, still purchase books from Amazon. And you can, of course, get e-books, which are always available on your tablet, your Kindle, your phone, whatever device you read from. And we will have links to all of um, the books that we talk about and of Joyce's new book for that ebook down in the show notes. And um, you, can, you can pay attention to the website for updates on more shipment information and on codes that you can use for discounts. So without further ado, a conversation with the remarkable woman, Joyce Rupp. <music> Well, Joyce, thanks so much for joining us on the Ave Explores podcast. Oh, well, thanks a lot for having me, Katie. I'm happy to be here. I'm a, I'm a longtime fan. I have, I've grown up reading your books. Um, I have a, a Joyce Rupp shelf next to the Peter Kreeft shelf um, in oh, my dear. office. So, so this is a, a real treat to get to chat with you. But um, uh, thanks. People, people know you, people know what you do. But tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, what you do, um, what you're currently doing in this brave new world in which we live. Um, tell, us, tell us the Joyce Rupp story. Okay, in a brief little moment here. Uh, well, first of all, I live in West Des Moines, Iowa, and I've been a longtime member of the Servites, or Servants of Mary, uh, religious community. And my current ministry is fourfold. Uh, first of all, I'm, a, I'm coordinator for uh, what we call the Boundless Compassion Facilitators, about 100 of them that I've trained to give workshops and retreats on my Ave book, uh, Boundless Compassion. And then uh, one day a week, I offer spiritual direction to a number of folks and then 
I drive to the two hours to Omaha to my mother house once a month. And I spend two days there working with the elders and the group I call Elderhood Explorers. And then, of course, I do my writing. I do write every day, um, some in the morning after my prayer and meditation. So I try to try to really stay focused. And I, I'm currently working on a journal uh, for Avi to accompany the, the Boundless Compassion uh, book, the study groups that use it. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, when do you know that'll be coming out? Um, it should be out late January, early February of, of 2021. If awesome. I get my act together. <laughs> well, just in time for Lent next year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we are obviously in the season of Lent. We're like, I don't mm-hmm. even know, time has kind of stopped in my head, but week three, week mm-hmm. four um, of the yeah. 40 days, what, what's a normal Lent look like for Joyce Rupp? What's, what, what do you do? What do you try to focus on? Maybe tell us yeah. about the best Lent you've ever had. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I could do that one, but, you know, a long time ago, I, I, I just stopped focusing on this performing the duties and obligations and regulations of Lent. Not that I don't do them, but my focus has really been on personal transformation. Yeah, so I, I just start thinking about, you know, where is it that I really want more, you know, personal spiritual growth in my life? And um, and so, you know, that that's about 20 years ago. I, uh, when I was working in the Des Moines Diocese, I heard this story, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's a good story, about the current bishop that was at that time, and he had finished work in the afternoon, and he had his, you know, black suit on and his collar, he went for a walk, and this um, thief came up to him and put a knife to his neck and said, you know, Father, give me your money or I'm going to kill you, and, all that. and of course, the bishop's terrified, and and he kept saying, I, I didn't bring any money with me. And finally, the guy said, look, look, he says, I, I know you got it. And so the bishop, in being so scared, he reached in his pocket and he said, you know, I don't have any money, but here I got this, this chocolate bar I can give you. And, and the guy said to him, oh, no, Father, I don't eat chocolate during Lent. And I have loved that story because, I mean, what does, I mean, the, the disconnect between his not eating chocolate and robbing this bishop. And so... I've often looked at that and I've thought, you know, so what do my Lenten practices, how do they make a difference? And, you know, I think about people that, and I do, I still have a friend in her 80s who says, I give up chocolate every Lent. They go, what difference does that make when they get to Easter, you know? Mm -hmm. And might be more grateful you can eat chocolate for a week or so. But, And the same, a lot of people I know use Lent to lose weight. And I think, again, well, you feel better, you look better. But does it really change at a deeper level? You know, are we more kind, generous, patient, truthful, less self-centered, et cetera? And, so, you know, for, so for myself this year, you know, I've traveled a lot to give talks and conferences. And I, I catch myself really ignoring people around me, strangers especially. Because mm-hmm. I'm so used to being in airports and I just move along through the group and I get to my gate and I don't pay any attention. I focus on what I'm doing. And I thought this year, I'm going to really try to remember that the presence of God is in every person that I meet. Well, that worked the first two days and then I forgot. (laughs) And then then I, you know, I came back to it again every morning. I'd say, now, what is my intention for today? And finally, last week, and it took me two good weeks, I thought every time I meet a person, I'm going to just remember the word respect. Hmm. And it has actually worked for me. I mean, I see people, my first thought is, well, I wonder why they're dressed that way. Or if I'm out for a walk, I hope they don't mow me down with their butt. And, but then I immediately go to that word respect. And honestly, it changes my whole relationship with them. 
And I'm just thinking now, you know, how I'm so grateful that I've taken that practice on. And so I hope, and this is what I think Lenten practices can do. I hope that it can, you know, really develop a habit in me. So I'll keep doing it after Lent is over and not just say, okay, I managed it for these six weeks and, you know, go on with my life. So, yeah. I mean, speaking of, speaking of airports that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I travel a lot as well. And a couple of years ago, I, I told myself one Lent that I was going to try to make eye contact with the gate agents um, mm-hmm. to just, you know, cause people just shuffle yeah. through. I mean, it's just like the person that's yes. checking out your groceries. Oftentimes you don't even, mm-hmm. you know, that's somebody's mom. That's, that's somebody's husband that, that, that's a mm-hmm. person that mm-hmm. has a light. And it made all yeah. the difference in mm-hmm. even recognizing like my own dignity in that moment. Like we shared yesterday, mm-hmm. I did a grocery pickup and I thanked the guy that put the groceries in my car by name. And mm. his face just kind of lit up because I don't think anybody yeah. had probably said his name all day, maybe besides his yeah. boss, like yelling at him to go do his job. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think Lent can really call us to loving people mm-hmm. just as much mm-hmm. as to loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the you, Christ you know, who lives within. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead, please, please. Well, I was just going to say, and the presence of the holy within that person too. We love that person for him or herself, but you know, there's that connection at a deep level. That yeah, we we share this same divinity. We share the same radiance. You know, yeah. I love what you're doing. That deliberate focus on the person. That's so neat. Well, and, and because I'm an introvert, so like it was a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. To, to sm- I mean, I, smiling is not hard, but you're in a rush. Mm-hmm. You want to get on the plane to put your your bag in the overhead compartment, mm-hmm. jostling mm-hmm. with other people, and and it's. I know I like to be thanked for the small mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's a it's the golden rule, right? Treat another person as you'd yes. want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, your new book I think teaches people this in a really beautiful way because we're we're inviting Jesus Christ into our lives as a friend. So, so tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. Jesus, friend of my soul. I mean, this is your first Lent slash Holy Week book. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, yeah. what, where did this come from? How did you write it? Um, tell, tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it, actually the seed of that happened so many years ago. I was in second grade. And I had the best teacher, you know, and she just talked to all of us little ones and kept talking to us about Jesus being our friend and how we could share anything with Jesus and talk to him. And I grew up on a farm in Northwest Iowa. And I just remember I, my job was to feed the chickens. So I'd come home from school and I had my little bucket of grain and I would actually talk to Jesus. And the whole thing was about relationship. And I have kept that notion and that experience of relationship my whole life. And so, you know, a few years ago, I started thinking about, well, what does it really mean to be a Christian? You know, and I thought, well, basically it is living the teachings of Jesus, but also following his example. And then I, be, I began reflecting on, you know, it's so hard, I think, sometimes to remember that he was fully human as well as fully divine. And so he shared all those qualities of humanity that we share, the potential goodness in each of us. And that's when I, I started reading the Gospels with an eye for what were the human qualities, the virtues, and the goodness that Jesus displayed in his relationships with others and in what he taught? And it was so easy to find 40 of those qualities. And so then I thought, you know, what I'd like to do is put these together in a Lenten book and just invite people, you know, to pray and bring forth their core goodness instead of looking at things negatively. 
And I have heard, you know, it's just the middle of Lent. I have heard from so many people how much they like this book because it gives them something to focus on. It's practical. They're short little essays. And it's something that they can, they really can see that this lies within me. Yes, I like to strengthen it. I can grow in that. And and so I'm I'm just so excited about that the book is really out there and um, I'm just enthused that, you know, maybe it will make a difference in, in people's lives as they pray with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I definitely think it has, I had a copy of it and it got swiped by my husband. <laughs> so now we're sharing it. Um, and that's good. really good. And I was like, yeah, that's why I was using it. So Let's we see, pass it I, back I, and I, forth. I don't know if I have a page on there about not swiping people's books, but right. maybe I could do another one. <laughs> well, he, I mean, we, we obviously, especially in a time of social distancing, we've been in the yeah. house together and he's been yeah. sharing my home office and it was sitting on the desk mm-hmm. and, I came to look for it and it was gone. That happens yeah. very frequently with my family. They, they, they'll see a book yeah. that I'm clearly using for work. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good, right? I'm happy to share. Um, yeah, at least they're interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, I'm happy to share the wealth. Um, mm-hmm. but I think what, what you said there is that like Lent, oftentimes I think it's hard for people. I know it gets hard for me because yeah. it, it's, you know, we give up the same thing or we're trying to work on the spiritual practice or, or we know that, you know, we're supposed to try hard and this is what Lent is all about, but then it, it can get difficult when we kind of get slogged down, like you said in the beginning mm-hmm. of these little mm-hmm. details. And so I love the, this book gives very practical things to do. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. even, even beyond Lent, I mean, we're, we're almost mm-hmm. at the halfway mark. So if somebody were to go buy this book tomorrow mm-hmm. you know, and start from the date, so to speak, start mm-hmm. from this particular day, they could easily mm-hmm. also look at this book in ordinary time. They could look at this book during yeah. because it, it is mm-hmm. really very timeless in its topic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really true, Katie. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as this book gets known more, that people will use it for little study groups. I mean, they could do it any time of year because it really is really looking at the life of Jesus and the person of Jesus. So it doesn't have to necessarily be Lent, as you say, right. it could be any time of the year, uh, and it's the whole point is, you know, really re-energizing, getting re-enthused. You know, a number of years ago, I just caught myself and I thought, I need to go back and, and read and spend time with the gospel. I need to get to know this person of Jesus again. It's really like any relationship, you know, if you don't spend time there, you kind of, it wanes and it's, you know, um, in, in how closely connected you are. So, yeah, thank you for that, because I do believe it could be used any time of year. Yeah. Well, so speaking of time of year, I mean, Lent always yeah. happens in the spring. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of this, this irony of it. It often begins when snow is still on the ground and hopefully by Easter, mm-hmm. it's, it's the snow is melted or the cold has lifted and we're really entering yeah. into new yeah. life. There's, yeah. there's genius in the calendar and the way that we celebrate these seasons. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is a particularly, I think, weird Lent. My husband and I are calling it the Lentiest Lent that ever Lented because <laughs> of just what's going on in the world, right? Yeah. We're social distancing. Is, Some towns yes, are, are yes, totally shutting yeah. down. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. especially for folks who work in the service industry, yeah. with restaurants yeah. and bars. Being yes. I mean, mm-hmm. speak some some life into this moment for us. I mean, how, especially mm-hmm. since I, I believe as of this morning, every uh, Latin Rite diocese in the country has mm-hmm. the celebration of public mass. Mass is never mm-hmm. canceled. Mass will still be happening. We just can't be mm-hmm. there for our own safety. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hard mm-hmm. to process. How how do we walk through 
this dark valley, especially during this season? Yeah, boy, that's a big one. But, you know, I, just this morning I got an email from a, a man. I just hear from him a couple times a year. He works full-time at a homeless shelter in the, in the Southwest and also facilitates some AA groups and drug addiction. And, and I'm always touched by his immense compassion. And I just, I copied this this morning and he, he wrote and he said, your book, Jesus, Friend of My Soul, is life-giving to me, especially now that we all have our churches closed, no Eucharist. So your writing sustains me. And then he went on about how they're struggling to serve food to the homeless and so forth. And, but what really caught me as I thought, you know, just what you were describing about your family. You know, if, if, they, if they don't have books at home, they can certainly go on the internet. There, there are ways to nourish ourselves. We might have not have Eucharist in the Mass, but we can have Eucharist with one another. We can mm-hmm. have Eucharist in other kinds of ways. And I, I just think that's in this difficult time, we can find some spiritual ways to do that. And I want to say something about um, trust and, and faith. You know, um, so many people are putting down fear right now. And what I want to say is, first of all, fear is a natural helpful human response because it does aid us to you know like to protect ourselves from harm and from threat and to benefit our well-being but it's when we we let fear consume our emotional self that you know it gets us in trouble and I think that's when we can get you know impatient and selfish and all that stuff Um, but so I think I think this is such a good time to go back to what does my faith mean to me? Not, not beliefs, faith, but what does my faith in God's presence, in the good shepherd? And, you know, all of those scriptural little ver- verses or phrases that come about, do not be afraid, do not fear. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I manage fear? I just think this is an opportune time for that. But, you know, there are some real particular ways that, because I've thought about some of my extended family and, you know, how would I advise people to pray? You know, I think one of the first things would be to be grateful, you know, focus on what we have instead of what we do not have, mm. you know, just and make a list of those. And then, I, in fact, I'm going to send this out. I have some young cousins with, with they have very young children. And I'm going to encourage them to make a litany, just talk about all the, you know, to start with the people you pray with, but then look beyond that. And you mentioned the people who serve us, but all the people who are helping others right now and who, who we can pray for, who, you know, people that are putting themselves in like unselfishly at risk to help others, medical personnel, police and fire people, firemen and women and homeless shelter staffs. And I think about journalists, you know, yeah, supermarket workers and People who deliver meals on wheels, uh, they're tending to the elderly. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful to make a list of that? Every day, you know, people could gather in their homes and they could pray that self-made litany and just have a little response like, you know, keep them safe and healthy, good shepherd, or something yeah. like that, you know? Um, and I think, you know, to I think the church through online could encourage people to be Eucharist to one another, you know, nurture kindness, reach out with care. You know, how can we, um, you know, be supportive to people whose finances right now are in dire straits, you know, can we contribute something to food pantries that are going to really be in you know, great need and mm-hmm. right now. And so, 
you know, like, and my cousin, my cousin's husband this morning wrote to me and he said they, they've hosted a lot of house concerts. And I thought, how compassionate of him because they have to cancel all these concerts. And he said, we're thinking about these musicians who are going to be out of money. And he said, so we've gotten such hope by seeing that they're doing amazing things right now. They're putting concerts online that they're yeah. not getting any money for. And Yo-Yo Ma, this morning there was something on the national news, Yo-Yo Ma is starting this, I think it's called Songs and Concerts and encouraging musicians to, you know, put things online for people. Isn't it great? Yeah. And yeah. artists are doing things. So, so there's a lot of ways I think that we can, we can grow spiritually from all of this. And for sure. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really the first time in my adult life. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. 9-11 very vividly. I was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And remember, there's this commercial um, that mm -hmm. I still, like, vividly have in my head of, it's this, like, street in New York, and it, it's just this shot of this street, probably Long Island, it looks like, mm -hmm. of all these houses. And then it cuts uh, to a black screen, and then it comes back on, and there's an American flag hung on every house. Yeah. Um, mm. And it says, you know, the, the terrorists on 9-11 wanted to change America forever, and, and they did. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, I, I never felt so united to my country or to the world mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. when that happened. And this is, I, I keep, that was a, a defining moment in my childhood, mm -hmm. and this is very much becoming a defining Beautiful. moment in my adulthood. Mm -hmm. As these churches mm -hmm. are closing and as people are having mm -hmm. to make drastic changes in the way they work mm -hmm. and in the way they, mm -hmm. they communicate with family. I, I, we, we FaceTimed my 85 year old grandfather the other day for the first time and had to teach him how to move the phone so that he could see us properly. And, and yeah. his face just lit up and he started tearing. Uh, he's so happy uh, to see us, but I'm pregnant and, and he's asthmatic. Uh, so maintain uh, this distance. And yes, in uh, that moment, there was just this unity of, we can see each other. We can talk to each other. We're still together in the midst of this. There's still hope here. Um, that is beautiful, Katie. Thank you for that. That's well, and, 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 and I, I mm. joked with him. I said, please don't go to the grocery store. I will teach you how mm -hmm. to use grocery pickup. And he said, I'm not going to mm -hmm. talk to anybody, and I have a rosary. I'll be fine. <laughs> and I said, if, <laughs> if, if that's not a motto for his life or really, for social distancing, it? I don't know what is. But I, well, I mean, It's a model just, of faith, I think. Absolutely. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a, yeah. a Puerto Rican Catholic through and through. But yeah, I, I think as you're so speaking cool. and, and you're saying, gratitude is key. like being grateful and praying for mm -hmm. others in the midst of this, I think can really mm -hmm. be anchor. And so from there kind mm -hmm. of just, do you have any last thoughts or words for people as they're listening to this? We normally would be assuming people would be listening to this on their commute. I have no idea where they're going to mm -hmm. be listening to it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just be to yeah. their dining room table, but just some right. final thoughts, words of encouragement, even just for the season of Lent in general yeah. from, from someone who, who really knows how to live Lent well. Well, I, I try to anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just think being intentional, I think there's one word I would say, be intentional about just what you were sharing earlier about, you know, pausing and really seeing the person, you know, at home. I mean, some, you know, I think this thing about texting each other from one room to another and that, you know, really be with one another or like you, you were with your grandfather, you know, that you can, you, we can do that on, on video. We can, there are ways that we can really be intentional about being with one another. And the other phrase that I would really love to share is this phrase called our common humanity. And just what happened with you in that, in that phone video is that we, there's a kinship that happens when I realize 
I'm not alone in what I'm experiencing. It doesn't take away the experience, but it gives me strength. It gives me hope. It gives me love. I'm, other people are in this experience with me. I'm not all by myself. You know, and that is a common humanity right now, especially for everybody on the globe, not even just in our country. We know what it is like to face this pandemic right now. And so we, we, can, be, we can be that strength. We can be that compassion. We can, we can join in experiencing this together, just like you mentioned earlier about 9-11 and what happened at that time. So, so that's, yeah. that's kind of where I am with that. And I, yeah. I personally have drawn great strength in the past just from my own personal difficult experiences. When I remember, I go, I'm not the only person in the world who's experienced this. Mm. You know, right now there are other people that are going through this. I'm not alone in this. And it's just been so helpful to me. Yeah. I love that. The common humanity that we're all called to recognize, which is mm-hmm. seeing that divinity in the other person. I think that's that's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing your thoughts and giving us some time today. Um, Joyce, where can we find all of the things that you have done and where you're going and, and what you're doing in the world. Yeah, they're on my website, Katie, and it's just JoyceRupp.com. Great. Thank you for asking about that. And oh, thank course. you for our time. I, I so appreciate being able to talk with you. Of so, course. Thank you. Many thank blessings you so much. for you and with your pregnancy and your family and yes, all of your you. ministry too. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you so much. So um, folks, we'll have that down in the show notes for you. Don't worry. We'll have the links for everything. Uh, thank you again, Joyce. You know, I think there's something really profound about thinking about people in the midst of what we're facing as a world. That while, in some sense, this virus that we're facing is certainly kind of an unseen enemy, it attacks a person. And it's these people that we think about when we social distance. It's these people we think about when we donate the masks that we've hoarded. It's these people that we think about when we pray for our healthcare workers on the front lines or we pray for wisdom for our leaders who are making important decisions at the local, state, and national level. It's people that we're encountering in the grocery store who are searching for toilet paper or bananas for the two-year-old who begs for three bananas a day. It's people. And loving people in a unique and intentional way might be a lesson the Lord is trying to teach us might be a moment where we can encounter Christ in a new way, where we can see Jesus, the friend of our soul, which Joyce's book really talks about and really invites us into, but that we can then also see the people that we meet as, as friends, the people that we meet as the image and likeness of God in front of us that we can love in a unique and beautiful way. This has been a strange Lent. It's only really going to get stranger Um, And to kind of round out our series in the next couple of weeks, we have two great guests coming on the show, Mary Lenneberg, a dear friend of mine, talking about hospitality, suffering, and joy, and Father John Burns, um, probably the smartest priest I know, talking about Holy Week and how we can more fully enter into the celebration of the Triduum. Um, So those conversations, those episodes will be coming in the next couple of weeks. We also want to tell you here at the end that we are kind of relaunching some of our mental health series in the midst of all of this um, 
coronavirus pandemic, social distancing and quarantining. So look for some episodes coming in the next couple of weeks as well with some of our mental health experts from our last series. You'll be able to find more information on the website. And please go to the Ave Maria Press website. You can look up the eBooks that we will have linked down in the show notes, as well as all the titles of books from Joyce and from other authors that can help you through your Lenten experience and through your through your Lenten journey as we kind of round out these final weeks and, and go into Holy Week and Easter strong. Um, remember that Ave will not be shipping items that have been purchased from the website until April 13th due to the pandemic and, and the offices shutting down. But you can still buy ebooks. You can still purchase things from eBay, from Amazon, from barnesandnoble.com, wherever you can find books. Uh, so we'll have links down in the show notes to Joyce's book, to other resources. You can find all the backlogged episodes of the Ave Explorer show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. As always, we'd be grateful for a rating and a review, and click the subscribe button so you don't miss anything. Thanks so much for listening this week. We'll see you soon. Please know of our prayers, stay safe, and stay healthy. <laughs>